Welcome to One More Thing, a podcast about the weird things we're dedicating our brain space to and the ones we don't have time for. I'm E. Forney. I'm Ed Cormany. And I'm Brian Satorius. How's it going, nerds? <laughs> I decided for some reason, uh, right before podcasting, to have my leftover extra spicy gumbo. So, Ooh. so we're going to hear the sniffles. Mm. <laughs> we're going to hear something. Nice. Brian has editing power and I have a mute switch, so all is good in my tummy. <laughs> we'll replace it with, uh, what's the funniest sensor sound we could use? <laughs> I think like the duck quack from old classic man. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just imagining a little duck noise just coming in over certain words. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but it was it was in the fridge. I made it last week because the CSA gave me all the ingredients for gumbo except for the sausage, which I went inside and bought, and it was very spicy and I did not know this and I happily just dumped a pound of extremely spicy sausage into the pot. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> spicy spicy gumbo. Yeah, and then that was like 4 days ago, so it's done the thing that happens with spicy food in the refrigerator. <laughs> uh-huh. Got spicier? Ruined your Tupperware? No, no, it just keeps leeching out that spice. Mmm. <laughs> tasty, tasty. Well, if you ever wanted to share your gumbo with the world, <laughs> you know, briefly, I have I have an app in mind. Twitter? Uh, <laughs> yep, I'm talking about Twitter. No, I'm not talking about Twitter. <laughs> I mean, you can you can do that on Twitter. Um, but the app I have recently downloaded, I think literally like three days ago, is called Be Real. It's one word. I've heard so much about this. It's like the new youth app. I, I guess it's a youth app. I didn't hear it from a youth. I heard it from one of my friends who is, you know, not a teenager. We can pretend. <laughs> but basically the way this app works is it's... A daily little prompt that is like, hey, it's time to upload a photo. You should do that. Um, and the idea of it is when you see the notification, you go ahead and do it if you're able to do it. Um, and if you don't do it for that day, you miss that day. Oh, no, your streak. Oh, no, the pressure to do the streak. <sighs> Streaks. Streaks. Um, and also, when you say, yes, I will upload it, a two-minute timer starts. So the idea is you're supposed to take a picture of whatever you're doing right now, and it does the dual camera thing where you can take a picture of whatever you're looking at, and it also takes a picture of your face. And it's not so cruel as to take the first draft, uh, which is good, because the first time I did it, I was lying on the floor and didn't realize how low cut my shirt was. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that would have been not a good idea. Uh, so I got to retake that picture. Hooray. And E is banned immediately. <laughs> <laughs> immediately banned for doing lying on the floor. <laughs> Too real. <laughs> but yeah, so actually it popped up right before we started podcasting. So I took a picture of my laptop <laughs> and a picture of me and my headphones and said, I'm podcasting. Hooray. True story. True story. Are there uh, public links to like a specific day's Be Real post or are they ephemeral? Like it goes out to the people you, who are following you and they see it for that day and then it disappears. I know I can go back and see my old post and there are, it does have share functions. So it looks like I could share by copying the link, downloading it or adding it to Snapchat, Instagram or Twitter. Mm. I don't know how far back it goes because I've only, you know, been doing it since the 24th, I think. Not even a week. Uh, 
Oh, it looks like it looks like it keeps the last two weeks. So yeah, not completely ephemeral. It's not it's not Snapchat. You got to have some content, otherwise you log in and it's just like, well, nothing here. <laughs> right. Well, I think the point of it is that when you log in, um, if you so there's two different like modes, I guess, for browsing. You can either browse what your friends have uploaded, or you can browse discovery mode, which is just things that people have posted around the world. The fire hose, which is the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered an amazing fire hose today. <laughs> Actually, while I was working, uh, I was checking something on GitHub, and there's a screen where it says, like, here are your open pull requests. But it shows the search query for it, and one of them is author colon your username. I'm like, what happens if I just delete that? It's like, here are 45 million pull requests. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Everything we got. (laughs) Every public GitHub repository's pull request? Yes. (laughs) Oof. So yeah, True Fire Hose is um can be exciting. And I mean, that was part of the fun of Twitter in the early early days is I mean that was the homepage, right? You would mm-hmm. log into Twitter and it was just the most recent public tweets. Yep. Have at it. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the three people who use this website. Have at you. 40404. <laughs> but yeah. Be real. So far, gosh, what have I even taken pictures of? <laughs> I guess I started over, like, the late part of the week, and so I have a picture of one of my feral cats. My feral cats. A picture uh, of me having completed a bike ride. A picture of me cuddling Psyduck. I have a large stuffed Psyduck. <laughs> a picture of me solving a puzzle hunt, which has been going on over the weekend and into the week. A picture of me playing a board game, and a picture of me podcasting. Which makes it seem like my life is really exciting. I just happen to have been doing things in the past week. <laughs> That's instead so of diverse playing... and wholesome I know, right? Instead, of... <laughs> Well, if it was two weeks ago, it would have just been Pokemon Arceus, Pokemon Arceus, Pokemon Arceus. <laughs> Ooh, look, I got a shiny Pokemon. Pokemon Arceus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like looking back through some of my... You know, you, you log data about yourself in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I was looking back at my uh, like health data. It's like, what happened this week? I didn't do anything this week back in June. It's like, oh, yeah, that was the week that my ankle was messed up. I literally couldn't walk. <laughs> oh. It's a good we- reason to be sedentary. Uh. <laughs> okay, so I haven't been uh, Googling or anything as you describe uh, your basic experience with this app, uh, which means that there are still somewhere between like four and eight possibilities in my brain for how it's spelled, depending on how punny they wanted to be. Oh, I see. Like it could be, so so the default would be B E R E A L, like be real, keep it real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it it sounds to me if there's any kind of like short video component, then it would be R E E L. And then they could have like a cute icon. And it could be B E E R E E. How? What is? What do I need to Google? <laughs> it is spelled like real words, but there is no space. Okay, you were right the first time. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. I guess R E E L is also a real word. Ha! A real word. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, I don't know if there is a video function. I haven't seen it anyway. I don't know if there. I mean, there probably will be eventually because apps like to change over time. But I wonder if the term real is, like, held by Instagram, if they own that. I feel like this that's a segue to talk into, like, why is be real 
the app of the moment right now. I think it's the number one app for iPhones, I think, as we record. And because it's kind of the anti-Instagram or what Instagram became, uh, like Instagram turned into the, like, you can curate this version of yourself that's filtered and perfect mm-hmm. and uh, be real because it forces you to use the live camera within two minutes of getting the, or activating the notification uh, you have less time to stage your life. And so it, it it's, you know, it's more real. That's why they chose R-E-A-L. However, there are like, I've, I've read commentary about this. I haven't tried the app for myself. Uh, you can do the thing that I do with <laughs> not leaving people on read where I, you can see the, uh, like the contents of a text message in the notification. So if I, let a bunch of notifications pile up. I can just kind of read my text through there, but it doesn't mark any of them as read. And I hear people are using B Reels notifications like that, where they kind of stockpile it until they are ready to look fabulous. And then mm. they click the notification and start their two minutes, having already prepared their IRL self. Yeah, I, I guess that is a way that you could do it. And I don't really know if there's a good way to like prevent that, because on the other hand, you wouldn't want to be like, oh, we'll just release it at this time every day because maybe that doesn't work for people or maybe you're in a meeting or something. Yeah. You're asleep then every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day I'm asleep. Every day my phone turns on and just takes a picture of me asleep. <laughs> right, but like imagine like you work the night shift and then it's like, oh, we'll just put it at, you know, we'll put it at uh, 2 p.m. every day because that works for everybody. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Somebody has to wake up and restock, restock Target. But the other thing you mentioned, Instagram, uh, Instagram is already has already built Be Real into in the main Instagram app and is A-B testing it to certain audiences around the world <laughs> of because that's have. what Instagram Uh-oh. is now. Yeah, of course they have. They're going to steal it. Well, I feel like Instagram like famously stole some other functionality from an early app, and I don't remember what it was. They stole stories from Snapchat mm-hmm. and reels from TikTok. I think okay. those are the two I think I was thinking ones. of stories. Yeah, Reels is <laughs> Reels still makes me laugh because there was uh there was an ad that was in heavy rotation probably on like college football last season, so about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I I I'm a you know, I'm a very anti-ad person, so like mm-hmm. the commercials come on especially on college football, that's like a 4-minute ad break, so you hit mute and you go do other things and <laughs> don't really watch the ads all the way through all the time. But I had seen this at like portions of this 30 second ad at least a dozen times. And I was like, Oh, sweet ad for TikTok." And then it gets to the end and it says Instagram reels. I went, Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) I've been had. No, no, because like it, maybe I am the weird exception because I'm such an anti ad person. Mm hmm. But I wonder how many other people were in the same, like, it had the same thought as me, where they watched the first 28 seconds of the ad, and they're like, yeah, TikTok is cool. <laughs> and then that wasn't what it was for at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you've lost that war if people are watching your ads and just immediately thinking, oh, yeah, this is your competitor. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Not not the best ad. It is funny, though, because I feel like people on TikTok make fun of Instagram Reels because they do everything that TikTok does, but worse and later. Yeah, same with stories. It's just like, 
more lame and like a month late. <laughs> I guess if you want to go all the way back, you could say that when Instagram first added video, it was a direct response to Vine, R.A.P. Vine. Everything's worse than Vine. Vine, <laughs> yeah. Vine, Vine nailed perfect. it in one. Mm-hmm. It, it was perfect. Six seconds was exactly the right amount of time. And uh, it's never coming back. <laughs> Vine. I know. They tried with Byte. I know. There were some and good And then Byte bites. got acquired by some other app and folded in. Yeah. Rip. Sad. Lissi. <laughs> if only apps could be free and no one had to make money off them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it seems like kind of a an interesting concept. So is it just a random time-based prompt or is there is there some cue in the like is there a theme for the day or something like that they don't have themes although i think that could be fun and i think i think having like opting into themes would be cool or having like today's theme is this or post whatever you want or something like that and it seems like they could come up like randomly at times of the day or maybe i'm remembering it came up during the day on the weekend and like during the evening Because it it came up, like, right before we started podcasting, which is, you know, 8 p.m.-ish Eastern Time, which is, what, 5 p.m.-ish Mountain Time? Or, uh... Pacific. Pacific Time. I was like, Western Mm -hmm. Time, Californian Time, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Over there time. Um, And assuming it's, like, American-based and aimed at mostly Americans, they're probably like, oh, well, most people work 9 to 5, so we'll try to do, you know, evening hours or whatever. So it is a universal prompt time. It's like so, some sometime in the calendar day of August 29th, we're going to pick one time and we're going to blast out push notifications to everyone at that time. Yeah, when you sign up, it says like you and your friends all get the same like prompt at the same time. Uh, interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it's good. It's good that then they don't shut you out. You know, like it's the, the window is from when you respond, not mm-hmm. from the time because otherwise they would have to make a much larger window or just no one would do it. Right. I guess the way they try to get people to not like prep for it is when you post your thing, it says like, so-and-so was like X minutes or X hours late. And so like, yeah, like today I was two minutes late. <laughs> Everyone is late because there is the, you can be earlier on time, but if you can't be early because you're depending on a push notification, everyone is late. I would love to see someone somehow hacked it so it's like, so-and-so was two hours early. <laughs> How? Are you psychic? <laughs> you live right on the boundary of a time zone or something. <laughs> exactly. You confuse them. You live in Arizona. <laughs> yes. Time bandits. Arizonans. <laughs> Arizonians. Arizonites. That's a good question. Arizoners. Navajo and Hopi. Fair. I'm sure they don't all call each other that. <laughs> no, but they're the ones who are the time bandits. The time bandits. I'm actually going to go really close to there next month. Oh, <laughs> you can be a time on bandit. a trip. Um, we're gonna we're gonna drive right past the time wormhole and maybe like not quite go into it. <laughs> Ooh, but maybe you'll feel the gravitational pull of it. Yeah, or maybe my phone will connect to a cell tower in the Navajo Nation and. Uh, and not know where it is or what time it is. <laughs> nice. So yeah, be real. You should join it because I have two friends on it right now. Ha ha. Ah. Need more friends. Well, that's why I'm partying about it. I did look, Brian. It's 
it's the uh the number two app right now number two okay. free app the number one free app right now is a generic icon that says vpn super unlimited proxy and that is absolutely a honeypot <laughs> connect to any service you want i promise <laughs> oh my gosh that is run by the nsa <laughs> log into this cowards tunnel all your traffic through somewhere private sure it's definitely private Going back to how Instagram is copying everything, including Be Real. Remember when Facebook acquired a VPN so they could see what everyone on the VPN was doing? And that's how they were like, we have to use stories. People are doing Snapchat and they're going to stories. I don't remember that. And now I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> Not actually crying, but ugh, Facebook. I think it was called Onavo. Onavo. That, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, Onovo. Oh, no. <laughs> So yeah, join Be Real. It's not Facebook. Haha. The one other thing that it makes me think of that's been around for a long time, and I know a couple people who do, is the uh, one second a day. Oh, do you just like take a picture every day and then it turns it into like a flash video? You take a one second video every day. Oh, that's fun. And then at the end of the month, it strings them all together into uh. your month long video that's 30 seconds plus or minus. Cool. I like yeah, it. that's been around f- forever. I feel like basically huh. like the entire smartphone era. Yeah, because like there there are that. people who have been doing it for literally a decade every every month, every day. Mm-hmm. Damn. And it's this, but it's the same kind of serendipitous idea of just like, oh, you know, I guess instead of like respond to a prompt, it's a little bit more like be mindful of like when you see something today that would make a. Uh, Basically a live photo before live photos existed. Just you know, a, a little clip of something, something that's a photo plus in your life. Just take that and we'll, you know, we'll keep it away and then we'll make this cool like retrospective for you. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see obviously if the if the public cutoff for Be Real is two weeks, it would be interesting to see what they do further down the line as people use it longer. To say, hey, here's what you did over the last month, or the kind of thing that you get if you if a service lasts for years and years, and they say, hey, here's what happened on this day two years ago. Like, oh yeah, right. Th- time those hop were, that bitch. Yeah, I was right? time hop for be real. <laughs> is time hop still around? Is that dinosaur still alive? <laughs> I think so. I haven't used it in a long time. I used to use time hop every friggin' morning. That was the first thing I checked. Yeah. Exactly. It looks like they're still around. Sometimes you gotta see your old stuff. Sometimes you gotta hop. Hop into time. <laughs> well, this is cool. It's kind of a cool idea, and uh, I guess the kids think it is cool as well. <laughs> I was shocked to hear that it's even a new app, let alone a very popular one. I just assumed it would, had been around for a while, and my friends who are like more artistic or more mindful and meditative were like, oh, I do this thing, other people should do it. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Surprise, it's very popular. I learned all about this from uh, my cousin who I think is 21 or 22, and she's all about Be Real right now. So that's that's my gauge. The cool kids. Yeah. And me. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, well, I've been listening to some music that the cool kids are listening to. Ooh. I have had in extremely heavy rotation the last couple weeks the new Maggie Rogers album, Surrender. Oh, okay. And so, yes, this is also a case of uh, of it's new, but it's also extremely popular. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard one song off this album, and I couldn't tell you what it was. It like came through a playlist, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and I never went back to listen to it again. <laughs> well, judging by the uh, Spotify numbers, it was probably That's Where I Am, which is the second uh, track on the album. Okay. And I think was the first one released as a single. Uh, this whole album kind of snuck up on me because of the way that it was released, which I also found to be pretty interesting, but a trend that I've noticed in the Spotify era, which is you have an album that's going to come out, and then maybe, I don't know, six weeks before the album comes out, you release a single from it. Mm-hmm. Fine. This is a thing that recording artists have done since recording music has has existed right yeah uh you know the vinyl single the radio single before the album drops that's completely normal but the spotify twist is then well then the next week you release a new quote single that has the old song and one more Mm. and then the week after that you release a single that has three songs on it (laughs) (laughs) and then the next week you release a single that has four songs on it and the effect of this is that for someone like me, who every Friday listens to Release Radar, or you know whatever uh, playlist your service has that is new music from artists that you've listened to or are similar to artists that you've listened to, mm-hmm. that gets the a, a new song from the same artist in that list weeks in a row. Ha <laughs> ha. Which is very clever, right? And like it it's 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 clever because it is in one sense gaming the system, but in the, another sense, for me, the listener, the fan, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I'm just getting more songs from somebody that I like on a once a week basis. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I really like that approach because the music itself doesn't have to change to game the system where I think like when Spotify really first started taking off, there was a study that's like the average length of successful songs was dramatically decreasing because they just want to like get you in for that minimum amount for it to count as a play, Mm. which means everything is got compressed for a while. Pop music got really compressed. Yeah. Back down to, uh, to sixties length radio play length. Yeah. (laughs) Very short. The song better be under two and a half minutes. Get out. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like that, but I I like that you can make, you know, your full album and just release it drips by drips and that games the system without you having to compromise your vision for the album. Yeah. So I, I do listen to uh, Release Radar and these songs were getting mixed in there and then uh, something kind of subliminal happened to me where I didn't realize that it was new music, even though it was in the new music playlist, <laughs> because the cover art for this album is really similar to the cover art for the Angel Olsen album, All Mirrors. <laughs> okay. They're both um, pictures of the artist in that black and white, high contrast style that's mostly just focused on their eyes, and they kind of look similar. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to envision this. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really like All Mirrors that much, so I don't have to, f- I don't have to follow up on this. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's the other thing is, you know, it, release radar always has 30 songs. And when they don't have, when you don't have legitimate new releases, like we're dropping a new album from bands that you follow, you get re-releases and special editions and remixes and stuff in there. So I figured that this was all just like rehashed stuff. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why the album cover is like slightly different. It's like a zoomed in a little bit more on the face and turned 30 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. And it's in that mode that Apple thinks is really cool in portrait mode on every iPhone that no one has ever taken a picture in on purpose. <laughs> just another picture from the photo shoot. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of snuck, snuck up on me. And then the full album dropped. I'm like, wait, I should listen to, I've been listening to these tracks, whether I knew it or not for the better part of a month and I should listen to the whole thing. And uh, it's really good. Um, I think for people who aren't familiar with Maggie Rogers, it's probably worth doing a little bit of the history. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is her second album. Her debut album came out in 2019. And uh, the, the big breakout song, famously youtube famously uh is called alaska and this happened she was a music student in new york and there was some sort of master class thing uh with pharrell oh cool and she plays the song for him and he like loses his mind oh that's fun <laughs> uh discovered discovered on the internet <laughs> and he says, like, I, I watched some clips of this earlier today. He's like, this is amazing. It doesn't sound like anything else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and Alaska is not my favorite song from her first album because it sounds like every Sylvanesso song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Guess he hadn't heard of Sylvanesso. This does sound like Sylvanesso. Yes. Took my breath away Moving slowly Through westward water Over glacial plains Tell me that's not a Sylvanesso that song. That sounds so much yeah. like Sylvanesso. Like, I can hear that on a sonic, song exploder right now with, like, that guy <laughs> talking in the background about and, like, interviewing the artist. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rishi K. Sherway. Yes, I will pronounce my name like it is spelled R-I-S-H-I space K space S-H-I-R-W-A-Y <laughs> every time, even though that's not how my name is pronounced, is spelled at all. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, so that was her, her breakout song. And I mean, I like Sylvanesso. It wouldn't be a terrible thing if we had two Sylvanessos in the world. <laughs> True. <laughs> Agreed. Um, But her second album does not hit like that at all. <laughs> hmm. um, here is the the opening to the first track on Surrender, which is called Overdrive. I think it might start that way.
that's a little different. <laughs> Definitely not Sylvanessa. <laughs> I like that a lot. It's really good. And that opening 30 to 45 seconds, like, especially because that's the first track on the album. It's like, is this a pop song or is this the overture to a Cirque du Soleil show? Or, <laughs> right? like, this could be here? anything. <laughs> I feel like I could see this in like a cool, like modern, like Western. I don't know. Something about it reminded me of like hillbillies on the porch. Relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a certain amount of that, that, kind of weaves in and out of the album. I, so if you wanted to be extremely reductive about this album, you'd be like, well, it's an indie pop album full of love songs. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but that would not give it a lot of credit. <laughs> um, it is more on the side of this heavily produced modern cinematic sound like I said, this is like an it, that that beginning. It's like an overture. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, I'm getting the light motifs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but in some of the other songs, more of that. It's it, it's not even fair to say country because that has has so many. Um, it has so many connotations in right. the world of music. Um. But definitely a th there's definitely a rural feel at certain points in this, and the hmm. tension between that and going back and forth is really interesting because she grew up in the eastern shore of Maryland and then she went to music school in New York. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> and now she's a very successful singer and recording artist, and so all of that kind of comes and goes throughout on a song by song basis or as with those opening seconds, like elements flowing in and out of the same song. Um, I, I think, you know, each song it's more on a song by song basis, but it's, okay. but it's the kind of thing where you go, Oh, well this song is sort of 80, 20. And this song is more like, you know, 30, 70, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, there's still a blend there. It's not just going from um, like pure synth and guitar driven indie pop to, uh, banjo ballad yeah <laughs> okay yeah um but there is synth and like that big anthemic sound and also like very spare sound and yes there's a banjo because she does play banjo <laughs> nice um so yeah there, there's a lot of uh it, it moves around quite a lot um i i have to also mention um <laughs> the song that got me for the uh for the lyrics hmm I'm usually not a lyrics person, but I am a language person. Shocking. <laughs> I know. It's 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 very strange, but my, my brain is weird. And when music comes on, my reading comprehension ability just plummets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same. Uh, even instrumental music. It's just like... Oh, not yeah, same. Yeah, wow. even <laughs> instrumental music. Uh, reading comprehension just like... And reading speed just like through the floor it's like those that part of my brain the listening or processing music and processing written language is all done by the same physical hunk of gray matter and if it's busy <laughs> with one it can't do the other <laughs> um so not a big lyrics person because i tend to tune them out or maybe more like i can't tune them in mm-hmm 
Um, but sometimes there's a turn of phrase that makes the the semanticist in me go, "Oh, well, that one's interesting." <laughs> Uh, so this is, uh, part of the chorus of a song called Want Want. If you want want what you want want, then you want it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as far as I can tell, uh, is perfectly logically consistent. <laughs> It is a true thing. It's a true statement. <laughs> it it is a true statement. Um and in in my paper on this <laughs> I will be uh I will be citing the classic paper uh which is uh Gomeshi, Jackendoff, Rosen and Russell Contrastive Focus Reduplication in English, the Salad Salad paper. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> a real paper. Um, which is a famous uh, linguistics paper because they put in the title parentheses the salad salad paper. Nice. <laughs> um, the example in the abstract of the paper is this paper is about the f- the phenomenon of saying things like it's tuna salad, not salad salad, or do you like him like him? Oh, that paper, <laughs> that one, the salad salad paper. So, uh, want want is definitely an example of the salad-salad phenomenon. Nice. And if you want-want what you want-want, that definitely entails that you want. (laughs) This is my my thesis. Philosophers going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) A mic is dropping somewhere. (laughs) That song had the same kind of like big synth bass back like that makes it kind of operatic and grand as the opening track which mm-hmm. i was trying to put my finger on it and i think it's like early mgmt just kind of mm. like big booms mm. that establishes the the like the the bass and rhythm section yeah i i can see that nice. and we're years on from mgmt so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone's been talking about how the uh the taylor swift incident at the with at the VMAs was 13 years ago. I'm just like, oh my god, nope, nope. <laughs> the one with Kanye, yes, wow, yeah. I'm like, that sh- surely that is incorrect. 13 years ago, how old is Taylor Swift? <laughs> she's like our age, <laughs> about to be, yeah, she's over 30, I think. I, I mean, I don't think she was 17 when she was interrupted by Kanye. <laughs> Well, she was, um, yeah, she's born in 1989, right? Because that's sure, yes. the name. Yeah. Of course. Oh, so she's like 32, 33. Yep. Damn. She was just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maggie Rogers is 28, so. <laughs> just a baby. <laughs> we babies. We babes. I wasn't planning on going into more of the, like, quieter tracks, but, um,. Let's see if I can find one that's got a little bit more of what we were talking about. The more you wait, the more you break 
a bit more uh as i said rural yeah <laughs> yeah I'm getting fiona fiona apple here Ooh, yeah um yeah that's uh begging for rain which is later on in the album and i think i think it has a build i'm just blindly jumping ahead here <laughs> So yeah, everything's going to have that. Even the quietest songs um, have some sort of build, whether it's gradual or whether it just cuts and then and then it rips for thirty seconds to a minute. Uh, it, it's always there. I'm liking all of this. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, one of my other favorite tracks on here is. Um, so like I said, if you're really reductive, it's uh, an indie pop album full of love songs <laughs> <laughs> that you can kind of um, headcanon concept album into being about the arc of one relationship. Mm-hmm. And you could say 11 of the 12 tracks are about relationship with this one other person. And then track nine is called I've Got a Friend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about the person who's not that person who you go get drunk and party with. <laughs> um which is is very fun and there's um the, the instrumentation on that is also different. Uh there's someone else on the track who uh plays like a very like tinkly twinkly all over the place kind of piano that's fun. It's like it's like Rolf from the Muppets showed up and goes, <laughs> I love out of tune pianos and just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just starts going away on it. And then it's got the thing because she produces this stuff for herself too and has a real ear for it. It's one of those tracks where there's a lot of like the in-studio banter or extra mm. stuff that's picked up from the mics before and after the tracks. After the the song piece of the track, gotta have that to be cool. It is. It's always fun. It can be overdone, but it's fun to have one every once in a while. It's like they're talking about doing another take. It's like obviously they chose this take, <laughs> but then the very last thing on the track before it cuts and it's really quiet. You have to kind of turn it up to hear it. Is she just goes? You know that's the vibe with that one. <laughs> which is really funny because i mean she's obviously very talented herself mm-hmm. as a singer and multi-instrumentalist in her own right but yes. it's always endearing when when you get the people who are really good at stuff getting together with other people being like you're so good at that so good i'm in awe but i'm in awe <laughs> but we could all be in awe together yeah yeah just go listen to surrender by maggie rogers it's awesome yeah <laughs> or Alaska by Maggie Rogers, and not a different band. <laughs> Sylvanesso. No, uh, so also not Sylvanesso. But when you said Maggie Rogers, I was like, do I know that person? I definitely have someone named Maggie on my playlist, and I was like, 
I think their song is called Alaska. So I look up Alaska by Maggie Rogers, and of course it comes up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. And then I listen to it, you know, quietly while you're talking, and I'm like, this is not it. What playlist is this on? There's a different artist called Maggie Brown who has a song called Alaska, and apparently that is not a single woman. It is a group of five men. (laughs) (laughs) There's no lyrics in the song. It's just like... It's the kind of it's the kind of music where like I feel like an indie like video game where you have to be like a fox in the cold tundra or something would like pick up this song and have it as the background. Tunic? Anyway, completely unrelated. But yeah, there's a different Maggie out there with some Alaskas, so I feel like this is the uh the evil side of the alignment chart for hacking the Spotify algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except they, they got there first, I guess. <laughs> Although, actually, hmm, I have an idea now. <laughs> I'm just going to start, you know, Mash putting out... time. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those situations from the good old days of Napster when people would mislabel songs. You'd be like, ah, oh, I'm getting the sweet thing by Linkin Park. And it's like, nah, it's Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's disgusted? Because Limp Biscuit really needs the push, you know? Yeah. I was going for time-appropriate things with Napster. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> there were at least, I think, three songs that weren't by Green Day that people swore were by Green Day. Oh, man. Were they good Charlie songs? Now there's a name I haven't heard in a very long time. Lifetime of the Witch and the Famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's in my... Uh, that's in my playlist. Um, actually, it's an album in iTunes. I'm in album instead of a playlist. It's called MP3 Revival. Yes. Um, and and the purpose of this is that these are the songs that I, instead of streaming, I want to preserve the experience of listening to the the low bit rate seriously bootlegged 96 kilobit <laughs> mp3s that i got of them because that's that's the experience that song's definitely yes. on there very fun i love it <laughs> that that that's a topic for another time <laughs> when definitely. we listen to uh newfound glory and uh and good charlotte i know don't threaten me with a good time <laughs> all right all right save it for the show well, I know that in the process of editing this episode and having to get Maggie Rogers's tracks to splice in here, I'm going to get this album. Uh, I've, I like so much of everything you've played so far. So that's really cool. And if you want to dip back to the old album, the actually wound up being the most popular song after all. And my favorite that doesn't sound like Sylvanesso is the track called Light On. I had not heard Alaska for what it's worth. Sure you did. You just thought it was by Sylvanesso. Man, <laughs> actually, you might be right. You might be a hundred percent right about that. Alaska hyphen Sylvanesso dot mp three. Percent twenty between the Sylvan and the Esso. <laughs> <laughs> URL encoded for your listening experience. Yeah. No. <laughs> takes you to some dot ru website. <laughs> It takes you to wherever uh, free VPN number one iOS app goes. You're suddenly in Kyrgyzstan. I have no idea how to segue from that into what I'm talking about. Just related to Kyrgyzstan, whatever. (laughs) I guess uh, to go back to what E was saying, where she got the be real um, 
notification right before starting. I just watched the season finale of a TV show, which aired or however you, whatever the word for airing is when it gets released to its streaming service uh, today before sitting down to record. Yeah. (laughs) got wired. Wired. Uh, And that is the season finale of the third season of Tuca and Birdie, (gasps) which is a cartoon on Adult Swim and then later on HBO Max. E, are you familiar? I am. I love Tuca and Birdie. So cute. I love so it. fun. I love it so much. Wait, there's there's something that's still actually on HBO Max. <laughs> well, I think they're they're like the home for Cartoon Network slash Adult Swim, so they get like the day afters or the day ofs. I think that's how it works. It's not an original. All right. Anyway, I am not familiar with this. So, all right. Uh, are you familiar with BoJack Horseman? Because I feel like. It cannot exist without BoJack Horseman. It would not exist without BoJack Horseman. Definitely true. I have not fallen down the BoJack hole, but I am familiar with the property. All right. So BoJack came first. It was on Netflix. It's uh, it's about anthropomorphized animals coexisting with humans. It's a cartoon. It takes place in Hollywood. And it lures you in with, haha, the horse is witty. The horse talks. And then it's like, oh, no, everybody has a fatal character flaw that I recognize in myself. Oh, no, and everyone's the horse depressed. has major depressant. <laughs> I was going yeah. to say, all I know is the horse is depressed. <laughs> the horse is depressed. Uh, and so Lisa Hannawalt, who I guess was the lead artist or – or like one of the first artists and kind of set the artistic direction for BoJack Horseman. Oh, cool. Is the creative force behind Tuca and Birdie, which uh, stars two birds, Tuca the toucan and Birdie the song thrush. Birdie is short for Roberta. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Important details. But if you've uh, seen both shows, you'll notice the artistic similarities, especially when, even though uh, Tuca and Birdie takes place in a bird universe a bird town on a bird planet where most of the creatures are birds the birdiverse <laughs> yeah there is occasionally a dog or a cat and those are the ones that i've noticed like oh those look exactly like the dogs and the cats from bojack horseman mm. uh, so there is exactly one low resolution screen capture on the wikipedia page under the premise of uh, <laughs> fair use do not sue us <laughs> But it does display the uh, the two main characters. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh my god, what if you could send this image back to the ancient Egyptians? They would flip out. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. All <laughs> oh, hail Osiris. Is it Osiris that's the hot guy? I don't know, but this has that same vibe of like, we just <laughs> drew a person completely a person they're wearing person clothes they have person proportions and then we smacked a bird head on top of them yeah that's very accurate to how the characters are in this cartoon (laughs) i don't want to keep comparing it to bojack horseman because it is very much its own show and a show that i think in hindsight if this ends up being the final season i like a lot more than bojack horseman um but it does deal with kind of adult themes for such a on-the-face silly cartoon. And yes, BoJack Horseman is like depression and substance abuse and the crushing weight of celebrity, blah, 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 blah. And Tukin Birdie deals with stuff too. Uh, I think anxiety is a big one, like dealing with anxiety as a 30-something. <laughs> um, 
there's a there's a season long arc where Birdie's boss sexually harasses her at work, and it's it kind of draws comparisons to Me Too, and I think maybe even specifically the Mario Batali <laughs> incident because her boss uh, she works as a baker, and her boss is kind of like Mario Batali. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow oh, no. missed this. <laughs> Oh but yeah, I can the, the penguin. Exactly. Oh, I know the penguin, but <laughs> that was that was like so many, so many incidents ago that that's <laughs> I know. both sad and I completely forgot about it. No. <laughs> and there's also, I think, in the second season, there's a long arc about kind of affordable housing versus corporate apartments that price. I mean, people who have lived in a city for so long out of the city they grew up in. Mm. So it, it gets like really big adult themes. But at the same time, these are birds. And like every good kind of modern half hour fantastical comedy, there are puns all over. You have to like freeze frame every couple of seconds because <laughs> like every establishment has been birdified in the name or when they're reading a newspaper, uh. all the stuff is bird stuff. Uh, Birdie is in the restaurant industry and like all the names of the food she does or have bird puns or bird <laughs> connotations, <laughs> modifications. It's just so good. I'm just looking at the list of characters on Wikipedia. Um, and yes, the it's clear that this universe has bought in hard on on ornithology. <laughs> yes. Um, and also that the ornithology nerds got to the Wikipedia page for this <laughs> because they have wikilinked the type of bird for every single <laughs> character, yes. which starts out normal. You've got you've got Toucan, Song Thrush. Okay, well, I, I didn't know about that one, but yes, some normal ones, Blue Jay, Rooster, Emperor Penguin, Seagull, but then you keep going down. Oh, this minor character is a red-crested Taraco. Oh, of course. This minor <laughs> character is a Victoria-crowned pigeon. <laughs> Fancy. It's a very well-thought-out and well-executed bird universe. Welcome to Birdville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, was, what else was I going to say? I mean, I think it's just, it it can be very goofy. The two characters are like perfectly balanced each other out. Uh, as you can see on the Wikipedia page, Tuca is voiced by Tiffany Haddish. And even though the character of Tuca was, I think, pretty much fully conceived before casting Tiffany Haddish, she basically is like the Tiffany Haddish character you've seen in Tiffany Haddish movies and stand-up <laughs> specials that's like loud and gregarious and funny and uh, Birdie's voiced by Ali Wong, who is not the Ali Wong I know from her stand-up specials, <laughs> but uh, like captures the kind of timid, hesitant, anxious character and uh, the different situations they get themselves into uh, kind of in the nice sitcom way of like every episode has the ABC story that kind of resolve and intertwine by the end while also dealing with season long arcs. It's just so very good. And uh, it never gets to be like the horse is depressed as as its leading thing while still managing to deal with very real adult themes. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh, God, it's too real. I have to turn it off, <laughs> which will definitely happen in BoJack Horseman, which is good or bad, depending on what you want from your media. And it is a goofy cartoon with like predominantly kind of the flat animation style of traditional cartoons. But especially in the later seasons, they start to really 
feel themselves and get into different uh, two-dimensional animation styles or even different media. There are, there are a couple scenes where one character will get their nails painted and it'll do a cutaway to very clearly human hands being filmed with a film <laughs> camera. So weird. <laughs> Yeah. Or like diff- uh, some scenes, some quick scenes are done with like felt puppets instead. It's of, like, yeah. we, we haven't broken the fourth wall. We found a fifth or sixth, maybe seventh <laughs> wall. And we broke that instead. And some like Dumbo pink elephants on parade kind of hallucinogenic cartoon sequences. It's It's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Someone takes her boobs off at some point and they like go for a little walk. <laughs> Very silly. Oh, this explains guest stars Aquafina as Birdie's breast. Yeah. <laughs> that does explain that, actually, yes. I didn't know if that was going to be big spoilers, but uh, <laughs> you just brought it out there. Nah, so uh, I don't think it's even a plot point. It might be for <laughs> a single episode, but... <laughs> right, there's so many little cutaway jokes. Uh, and actually, the the uh, the appearance of breasts in the show is not a spoiler <laughs> because the, the, uh, like the theme visuals that go with the theme song in the first season, the one that's still on Netflix, I think like in the very first frame, there are uh, like the cityscape of the city where they live is like buildings with big bouncing boobs. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, yeah. They're just like, for no happy. reason. <laughs> yeah. Boing, boing, boing. We had this boob <laughs> physics model and we, <laughs> yeah. we spent all this money on it. What are we going <laughs> to do with it? it? Yes. We took it out of our volleyball game. We put it in our adult <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> Grown-up cartoon, please. Right, yeah. Not triple X. <laughs> Not that kind of bird cartoon. <laughs> but uh, one thing I I did just say that I guess is like something that has come up is uh, the first season was on Netflix. Again, like ties to BoJack Horseman, the very successful Netflix cartoon for grown-ups. And then for whatever reason, they did not renew it. And it clearly has... I think only gotten better since Adult Swim said we will pick it up for however long it continues to run. Hell yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it just gets better. It gets more nuanced. It gets, it starts to like branch out into different media. And I liked the way that the third season wrapped up, which again, I finished just before logging on to record with you two. Yay. The third season has a 100% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Hell yeah. <laughs> All two people that reviewed it since it aired today. All six. All six. Oh, excuse still. me. Still. <laughs> I still imagine it will be pretty high. Yeah, I remember when they took it off, people were like really mad on Twitter and like, you know, tweeting at Lisa Hannawalt like, I support you and like, you shouldn't have to have your show taken off and all this stuff. Yeah, I I don't know if Netflix ever said why, especially because I think the final season of BoJack aired after they canceled Tuca and Birdie, and it's like the it's the same creative team. What are you doing? Silly. Also, like, does it cost money to have a show on Netflix that you? I mean, it probably does, right? <laughs> it's not just In what like way? it like. <laughs> what i'm thinking like it's not taking up space right i i i I figured that's what you meant like it's just bits on a hard drive somewhere that they and cost for distributing (laughs) it to people who actually want to watch it (laughs) exactly yeah it's not taking up space in your vhs rental store (laughs) uh i'm trying to think of like what's what's what are some of my favorite little things i haven't watched it in a while but i know there's some plant characters yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, have you seen any of the third season? Um, I think I saw the first. I saw them go to a bachelorette party, 
And I think that's all I've seen. Ooh, okay. I think for the majority of the second season, Tuka gets in her first serious romantic relationship with, I think, a seagull? I th- some kind <laughs> of white bird? <laughs> some kind of white bird. And, uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't last uh, by the end of the season. And then the third season starts off, she is in a romantic relationship with a houseplant. <laughs> and there are a bunch of houseplants in the show and they're usually like the the cool disaffected stoner teens are all different kinds of houseplants but this one is a is an alcoholic smooth talking just like suave dude <laughs> nice that guy is bad for you i'm just plant curious man <laughs> <laughs> he's dealing no he's not he's just born like that <laughs> He naturally produces THC. (laughs) (laughs) 